Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. My ex and I were going camping, and I found a spot not far out of town. 
since neither of us have been there before I accidentally drove past the campground and went down a logging road for a few miles. It was getting dark and I realized we should turn back. I obviously missed it. So I stopped the car and do one of those six-point turns in the middle of the dirt road. On our left is a steep hill going down, on the right it's a hill going up with tree stumps and some bushes. Well as I'm turning around on the hill going up we both see a naked very huge dude with a smaller person on his back. They were just standing there in the bushes and when they noticed us started stampeding down the hill toward us. Both of us freaking out and I finally complete the turnaround and speed the FK out of there. We went straight back into town about 20 miles away. We didn't go camping that night. To this day I would have thought I imagined it. I could not tell if it was an actual person and my girlfriend confirmed she seen the same thing. Second weirdest thing to happen to me in my life. It's crazy how your brain just dismisses things it can't explain. If my girlfriend was not there I would have forgotten it happened. I'm a recreational sailor with a 26-foot sloop, so I don't venture out on the high seas. I stay coastal. One night I decided to anchor up in this protected bayou. It was summertime and there was a good chance of overnight thunderstorms. So I carefully made my way through a pretty narrow channel that opens up some to a bayou that is protected well enough many people will stash their boat in there during hurricanes. Plus it's usually a nice spot just to hang out. I got there late, around 11 p.m., so I had to feel my way in through the dark. There was no moon, and even if there was the cloud cover was thick enough, it would have been blocked anyway. So it was slow going and a little disorienting. Once I reached the area that opens up a bit, I dropped anchor and prepped the boat in case a storm blew up. I made sure the halyards wouldn't bang around, secured the sails, stuff like that. Then I made my dinner and hopped in the forward berth with a book. Now you get used to odd noises. Boats have a way of occasionally creaking and clanging a bit. It's a part of their soul. Quite often you will hear a porpoise blow nearby. But this night really scared me for a bit. First, the wind picked up. A lot. The air rushing by my rigging began to make it vibrate, so that it was making a high-pitching humming noise. That's not scary, but it kept me awake. And since it was the standing rigging, there wasn't anything I could do about it. So I'm lying there wide awake in the dark listening to this and noise. I'm not freaked out, but it's a very mournful noise. A short while later as I'm huddled in my bunk, I feel the bulkhead flex next to me at the same time. I hear a very loud thud followed by a splash. What the F? So I race out on deck with my flashlight and work my way up to the bow. It's windy, so at first I though maybe the boat was swinging on anchor and had hit a piling or something. I inspect the area and don't see anything I could have hit. So I grabbed my spotlight and used it to look underwater as best I could. I didn't see anything submerged either. Okay, so I'm thinking it was a dolphin or perhaps an alligator. The lightning is starting to pick up in the distance. It's still windy. And despite the fact it's summer, I'm getting chilled just standing around on deck in my skivvies. So I climb back below and try to get rest. About ten minutes later, once again thud. Again I go back up on deck and investigate. And again, aside from annoying a pelican who was perched on a piling about thirty yards away, I find nothing. I go back to bed. 
Several minutes later, thud, splash. This went on for about two hours. I didn't sleep well that night. The next morning before I set sail, I thoroughly searched the area. I was anchored on a soft mud bottom and never did find a piling or submerged stump or anything that I would have hit. To this day, I have no idea what it was, but it was a very freaky night for me. I still think it might have been some manner of animal, but why on earth it kept coming back over the course of two hours is beyond me. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I was on duty, stationed in the Navy, keeping watch over the vast expanse of the ocean. It was a calm day, with the sun shining brightly and a gentle breeze sweeping across the deck. Little did I know that what I was about to witness would forever shake my belief in reality. As I scanned the horizon, my eyes caught something unusual in the distance. A warship, seemingly from the World War II era, caught my attention. It was positioned at a near-ish distance by naval standards, and what caught me off guard was the fact that it was staying perfectly still. It almost looked like a ghostly apparition, suspended in time. Curiosity got the better of me, and I couldn't tear my gaze away. Suddenly, without any warning, the warship's guns started firing. I braced myself for the deafening roar that should have followed, but to my utter bewilderment, there was no sound. The guns fired, and yet it was as if I had suddenly lost my sense of hearing. It was eerie and unnerving. I couldn't fathom how a warship firing its guns, even at a distance, could be so silent. The experience sent shivers down my spine, and I felt a chill creeping up my back. It was like witnessing a surreal scene straight out of a sci-fi movie. In my state of shock, I decided to call over a fellow mate to witness this bizarre phenomenon. I needed confirmation that I wasn't losing my mind or succumbing to some strange illusion. As he approached, I pointed out the ghostly warship, and his eyes widened in astonishment. What in the world is that? he whispered, barely able to find his voice. I have no idea, I replied, my voice tinged with disbelief. We both stood there, side by side, watching the inexplicable sight unfold before us. The warship remained in its stationary position firing its guns silently into the distance. We exchanged glances, trying to make sense of the impossible. Neither of us could explain what we were seeing. It was as if we had stumbled upon some otherworldly time warp or a holographic projection from the past. It defied all rational explanations, leaving us bewildered and filled with an uneasy feeling. Eventually, the warship slowly faded away, like a mirage dissipating in the heat. We were left standing there, staring at the empty expanse of the ocean, trying to process what we had just witnessed. Till this day, I still don't have a logical explanation for what happened that day. Some say it was a strange atmospheric phenomenon or an optical illusion. Others believe it was a glimpse into a parallel dimension. But for me and my mate, the memory of the silent WW2 warship will forever remain a haunting mystery. A reminder that there are things in this world, and perhaps beyond it, that defy our understanding and challenge the very fabric of reality. I was in Georgia Aeroin 10 p.m. and saw something way up in the atmosphere tracking westward truck was parked at a warehouse and I there to unload the next morning. Whatever I saw was bright, 
but way high and moving fast. I call my parents in Texas and tell them to look straight up and look to the easy for Sumrang moving west. They see nothing, we hang up. I look at this thing till it's out of my sight about five minutes. Five more minutes pass and my parents call telling me they see it. Could have been a satellite maybe. But that would be the first time I or they saw one in their town as there is too much city light for satellites to be seen. That was the first time I saw something in the sky that I could not explain. I live in western Montana and live on a reservation known as the Blackfoot Nation. My father is a tribal member and my mother is not. I am therefore a white descendant and have grown up experiencing both sides of the culture. Both whites and Indians have stories that they rarely tell. When my father was born, he was conscious. This is something he would never tell a stranger, but I am telling you what he told me. He remembers being in a waiting room before birth and surrounded by thousands of babies. Some were deformed and some were sickly. There were black, Asian and other races and one of them was covered in hair. It's impossible for me to explain this part better than he could, but basically he saw the waiting room for souls. He was one of the few who were led through. I am only sharing this detail because as a child I had dreams about the hearing man and his family before I was ever exposed to the concept of Bigfoot. These dreams were frightening and unexplained and only made sense years later when my father related this to me. In my opinion, the hairy man is somehow related to this area in a big way. My ancestors, having been the first to settle this area, have had extensive experiences with a hairy man. Sasquatch may be a part of my genetic memory as well as my father's and our grandfather's. My father was born with precognition of the hairy man. As a small boy, he was playing in the living room with many brothers when one of them burst through the door screaming and crying for my grandmother to come out and make him go away. This was the first time the hairy man had appeared in my father's life. My uncle, also a child at the time, had seen a Sasquatch in this small garden out back, which is next to a small creek. The Sasquatch was stealing vegetables and ran off after being seen. Nobody spoke of this event afterwards. Sasquatch was taken for granted back then. As the years went by, my father reached his early twenties and stories had been popping up around the reservation about a wild man breaking into houses and scaring children at night. The wild man was said to be very large and smelly. One family in particular started to be visited by the hairy man almost every night. They would come home and see the door left open, their food taken, and the animals cowering under the table. This routine was so familiar that they treated it as a common occurrence, like the family ghost as my father put it. Everyone started to lock their doors at night. Dogs were acting cowardly for no apparent reason. The wild man was having his way. He was getting bold. He started to break into houses during the middle of the day. Children would see him. The tribal police were called and meetings were held. The town was becoming more and more shaken up by the presence of this unknown intruder. This was when something incredible happened to the particular family who was favored by the hairy man. One night, while standing on the porch, the father was yanked off by his feet in full view of the entire family. They screamed and huddled together and cried. Well, whatever it was, fought with the father on the porch. The sounds of fighting and screaming was traumatic for the kids. 
They are now grown up like myself, and I wonder to this day how much this affected their lives. The father was gone for days. Whatever it was that had taken him had carried him off into the night after the struggle on the porch. There was blood on the grass, and the family grabbed neighbors and other men of the community to help recover the father. The men got together and followed the signs and trails left by whatever it was. There were drops of blood and signs of something very large passing through. They followed this trail all the way to the very creek where my uncle had spotted a Sasquatch when he was a boy. They followed the creek all night. When the men returned the next day, they didn't speak a word. A whole group of grown men and not one of them was willing to speak about what happened. They had however found the father and recovered him. He was beaten black and blue over his entire body. He had broken arms and legs. The father was in shock and incoherent. He couldn't speak a word. One of my uncles had gone to see the man and his family in the hospital. There was a fair amount of goodwill being shown to the family that went through this horrible experience. Nobody knew what happened, only that the father was close to death and that the family was very shaken up. My uncle stopped by to pay his respects and saw for himself the father lying in the hospital. His eyes were bulging wide. He was trembling constantly. This man had been beaten badly. He died that night, and to this day nobody knows what grabbed him or what happened to him. To this day, the men who went on the recovery mission to save him have kept their stories to themselves. Only a select circle, including my father, remembers these incidents. All that I was told was that those men found what it was that took the father. They found the hearing man and they killed it with high-power rifles and buried the body. The men who did this feel incredibly guilty. The older generation told us to avoid the Sasquatch and leave them alone because they are human beings. They are not animals and they are not magic. But they can most certainly be monsters, and this is one story that corroborates that. I am a 20-year-old man and for years I have been witnessing people with granola texture. My first encounter was in Kansas as a young boy. They were about three feet tall, with yellow eyes and skin textured like granola. I would wake up in the middle of the night to see these two things staring back at me. I would often close my eyes really hard or turn the other way. The countless times I'd tell my parents they'd brush it off as a kid just being a kid. That's understandable. Although one day when I woke up after them being there the previous night, there were two sets of tiny handprints on my bedside. The prints were not human handprints, but rather where someone put their fingerless hands on my nightstand. The handprints were made up of disgusting granola. My parents, baffled by it, brushed it off as me having a midnight snack. These encounters happened for three years in Kansas. Now I've lived and visited in several other states where I encountered these things. Now I understand as a child we are impressionable by certain things. However, I know I physically saw these things and continued to see them into my teen years. As I've lived in other states, I've had encounters, but this would be an essay if I wrote about them. Has anyone encountered anything similar? I have yet to find a similar case to this and would be interested to hear from the community. We were sitting in our living room, 
enjoying the open window and the peacefulness of our rural surroundings when one of us noticed a peculiar sight. There, not too far away, rested a silvery-gray metallic object with a cupola-like shape on the ground. Its bottom displayed a deep blue-black color, and it emitted a beam of matching hue from its middle section. The beam briefly swept across the nearby woods before switching off. Intrigued, we both witnessed this extraordinary object and decided to take a closer look. Approaching the object cautiously, one of us observed its small metallic legs providing support. The upper part of the craft appeared transparent, revealing the presence of two small humanoids inside. Their appearance was described as ugly, with crooked beak-like noses and green-brown spots covering their bodies. These beings had large bulging eyes, pointed chins, prominent mouths, and pointed ears. They wore shiny gray helmets adorned with antennae, featuring a yellow line at the center. Additionally, they sported black gloves and clothing. The witness who approached could also discern numerous gauges and levers within the craft. In a sudden movement, the nearest being made a gesture, resulting in a blinding light that overwhelmed the witness, causing them to stumble backward. As the craft swiftly took off, emitting a whistling sound, the witness's eyes were left irritated, and they briefly experienced a state of shock in the aftermath of the encounter. In 2017, I had heard news of people dressing up as clowns and running around with knives at night. I typically brush those things off because I got my own problems. I, at the time, 20 female, was often up all hours of the night dealing with my screaming newborn. It was January or February, so we still had some snow, and I wasn't able to get out of the house often. Taking out the trash, which is located right out the back door, was usually the most I got of fresh air. One morning, I took out the trash and happened to glance over to the right and noticed footprints directly under the window to my baby's room. I walked over to inspect, and not only were there footprints, but there was also hand indentations on the window screen. Weird, but baby slept in my room, so not very concerned at the moment, but boyfriend was losing his marbles. Fast forward a couple days and I was up around 3 a.m. and heard not exactly what I would call screaming, but more of a screeching howl. We have lots of stray cats, so I kind of thought that's what it was and ignored it. Once the sun was up, I looked out the window and noticed a few sets of footprints that really didn't make sense because it kind of looked like someone had just been passing in between the houses. But again, I blow it off because we had a drug house across the street and we have had people cross through our yard before to get to that house. Maybe four nights later again at 3 a.m. I'm breastfeeding and hear a dragging noise against the house, and from where I was sitting on my couch, I could see the back door. The back door has a window with blinds on it and doesn't seal well due to wood rot on the frame. I pause the TV and listen just to hear it again, now directly at the back door. Looking over, I can clearly see a looming figure just standing in the window holding one of those big kitchen knives and granted the blinds were shut, so I'm seeing the creepy shadow version of this. He runs the knife across the window panes before softly knocking. Meanwhile, I'm trying to figure out what to do with a newborn latched on because my phone is in the bedroom and something in me doesn't want whoever this is out of my vision. So I stand up and readjust because I really didn't want a screaming baby right then and walking into my kitchen and flick on the light 
and then said, just loud enough for him to hear me, Hey man, I already called the police, and I'm sure you don't want to deal with them, so why don't you go home? I don't know why I talked to him so calm and normal-like, but I don't think he was expecting anyone to say anything because he froze the moment I began talking. He talked it over with himself for a minute and darted down toward the alleyway. Never had anything like that happen again, but boyfriend sure was mad. I didn't wake him up to handle the situation, or at least actually call the police. Not sure if this counts as a creepy encounter, but I sure was creeped out once my sleep-deprived self realized what happened. I was 18 years old, spending time at my aunt's house for a family reunion, when a powerful headache and stomach discomfort suddenly struck me. Overwhelmed by drowsiness, I decided it was best to go to bed. As I closed my eyes, a bewildering shift occurred. I found myself in a peculiar metallic room, lying on a cot-like bed, utterly immobilized. Surrounding me were four humanoid beings, each standing at a height of four feet. They possessed a slender physique and wore tight-fitting gold-colored outfits with matching gold sandals. Their hands, notably, had six fingers. In an unexpected turn of events, a door materialized on the metallic wall and a tall figure entered the room. This figure resembled an exceptionally attractive man with white skin, blonde hair, and a radiant aura surrounding him. Clad in a long white tunic that reached his ankles, he wore silvery sandals. I noticed a gold ring on his finger, featuring the imprinted image of a pyramid. The tall, blonde individual approached me while one of the shorter humanoids handed him a transparent sphere containing an electronic chip-like device. Placing the sphere over my forehead, it levitated before hovering over various parts of my body, eventually disappearing. At that moment, the blonde man drew nearer, and through a form of telepathy without moving his lips, he assured me not to be afraid. Intrigued, I asked why I was chosen, to which he explained that it was due to my possession of a unique and special energy from birth. Soon after, I regained my ability to move, and they guided me into another room that appeared to be a control center. Inside, three of the shorter humanoids operated various consoles. Suddenly, a massive screen became visible, displaying the alignment of planets. I watched as the Earth appeared, albeit inverted. Then, a scene resembling a nuclear explosion unfolded, depicting immense death and destruction. I received a warning that humanity was on a path leading to such devastation unless we changed our ways. As I took in the profound revelation, another door came into view. I noticed a vast hangar filled with numerous dome-shaped disc objects. The tall, blonde figure noticed my gaze and proceeded to touch my forehead with a finger. In an instant, I found myself back in bed. For the following three hours, I remained in a state of mental confusion trying to make sense of the extraordinary encounter. I'll never forget that fateful evening when my friend and I encountered the mysterious creature in the entrance zone of the natural park. It was already getting dark, and the forest border seemed to be closing in on us. We had heard strange canine sounds all along the way, as if some creature was upset and following us but we kept our calm as best we could. Finally, we reached the car parked near the fence at the entrance door. My heart was pounding as my friend switched on the car's lights, 
And that's when he saw it, a towering six-foot-tall dogman, standing just a few meters away on the other side of the fence. My friend was colorblind, so he couldn't tell me the color of its eyes, but their shine in the darkness was enough to terrify him. I couldn't see the creature directly, but the fear in my friend's eyes was enough to convince me that something was terribly wrong. We wasted no time and quickly drove away from there, leaving the... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Strange creature behind. It didn't follow us, but the memory of that encounter haunted us for a long time. As we tried to make sense of what we had witnessed, my friend shared a chilling story with me about his father and his sister's ex-boyfriend. They had their own eerie encounter just a week before, behind the chalet located near a big marsh connected to the natural park. That night, they were drawn outside by a commotion and found a large black dog with broad shoulders eating something in the bushes. But this was no ordinary dog. It quickly turned its attention towards them and started growling menacingly. Fearing for their safety, my friend's father grabbed a large stick, preparing for the whirs. T. But then, to their shock, the creature stood up on two legs, taking on an almost human-like appearance. The father was bewildered by the sight, and the ex-boyfriend turned pale as a ghost. After a tense moment, the dogman took a few steps towards them, but eventually backed away, returning to all fours and swiftly disappearing into the marsh. My friend's father and the ex-boyfriend decided not to tell him about the creature standing up on two legs, believing it might have been too traumatizing for him. Little did they know that a week later, he would come face to face with the same mysterious entity, and the truth would come to light. Since that summer, my friend's family never encountered the dogman around their chalet again. We couldn't determine if it was merely passing through the area, or if it still lurked nearby, avoiding human contact. Perhaps others in the area had similar experiences, but kept silent about it either out of fear or disbelief. 
We often wondered if there was a connection between the dogmen we encountered and the one seen by my friend's family. The proximity of the natural park and the chalet suggested they might be part of the same pack or group. But regardless of the truth, one thing was certain we had experienced something beyond the ordinary, something that would forever remain etched in our memories, and we would always tread carefully whenever we ventured near that bordering forest or the marsh. Last summer I felt like camping one weekend so myself and a buddy went to a spot he knew about that wasn't too far from where we lived. About 40 minute drive and a few kilometers hike to the spot. I've always been a big pussy about the dark. My imagination is stupid and vivid enough with me. Anyway we were settling down for the night and we had our tents set up about 50 feet from each other because I snore sometimes plus no spots could fit both tents as it was pretty thick with brush and rock. I get woken up at some point by a noise. My heart is racing, but I figure I'm going to hear a lot of noises in the bush at night and try to go back to sleep. As I'm drifting off I hear a loud crack, almost like a gunshot in the near distance. I sit straight up and start sweating. What the F was that? No way that is an animal. Then I hear a cough and someone clearing their throat. My mind is running through all sorts of crazy scenarios, so I text my friend, Are you awake? Did you hear that? No answer. Another throat clear. My brain convinces itself that my friend is now dead and we are being hunted. I freeze and grab my knife so I can poke my head out. If I'm going to die, I'd rather not do it shaking like a leaf in my sleeping bag. I get two steps out of my tent and a crouched figure is moving towards me. Again my legs freeze for a sec and then. My friend lights his smoke and says, check this out. What the F, you're alive? I nearly shit myself. Jesus, what was that noise then? Turns out it was seals playing in the water. They slapped the surface really hard and it makes a very loud crack. I felt really dumb but goddamn was I genuinely scared for a bit. This happened when I was about 14, 15 and often stayed over at my cousin and her husband's house. We'll call them Skylar and Josh. I think F24 and 26 at the time I'd been staying at their house for a week straight prior to the incident with no issues. It was the summertime in a neighborhood that was pretty rapidly expanding. You know those monochrome suburban nightmare cul-de-sacs. There were tons of half-finished houses lining the far end of the neighborhood. I feel this info is pretty important. Anyways, Josh and I are avid movie watchers and stayed up late most nights watching whatever looked good. That night, Skylar went to bed early and we stayed up to watch Would You Rather. Then Ridiculous Six Movie Sucks, by the way. Semi-important context, Josh is a smoker and goes out to the back patio for a cigarette every so often, especially at night when he takes their beagle banjo out to pee. I end up sleeping through the movie on one of their two couches. This couch is backed against a wall, and to the left of it is a window into the backyard. It's the only window in the living room. At some point, I keep hearing banjo whooping and hollering in the playroom, then again in the kitchen, then the playroom, and so on and so forth. Dogs going apeshit in literally every room of the first floor, but he's a clingy dog that hated when Skylar and Josh shut him out of their room so I figured he was just whining. 
He's also a beagle, so we're used to him being vocal. I'm hindsight. I probably should have wondered why he was running from room to room, though. Whatever, I try to sleep through it. After a good while of Banjo flipping his shit in what I think is the kitchen, he kinda goes quiet. But he wakes me up again, growling at the window right next to the couch I'm sleeping on. Bro will not be still. I still don't get up. I fall back asleep for a bit. Then out of nowhere, he jumps on the couch, right on my stomach, and again starts losing his shit barking and howling. That wasn't what woke me up, though. It was the light shining from outside the window right in my face. I wasn't scared at first, more confused than anything since my eyes haven't adjusted at this point. Then the flashlight shines up, right on this man's face, and he looks identical to Josh. Could have been twins. He's crouched down with his face almost right up on the glass, and when I see him, I jump really hard. I don't remember if I screamed, but the man starts laughing at me, and I can hear it from the other side of the window. However, because I'm big stupid, I assume it's Josh on a smoke break, just trying to spook me. I start walking upstairs, and I pass by their kitchen clock. Bitch, it was like 4 a.m., I didn't even put two and two together that Josh has no reason to be outside and awake at this hour. I'm so groggy but also unnerved at this point, so I go sleep on the upstairs hallway floor. I didn't go alert Skylar of what just happened, mostly because she's a cranky bitch when you wake her up, and I was still more willing to accept the idea that it was Josh being an idiot on a smoke break, rather than some maniac scoping out the house. The next afternoon, I bring it up to them and they sort of write it off, ask me if I'm sure I wasn't dreaming, etc. But they did say they heard the dog going wild. I check outside where the window is to see if the man dropped any evidence of him being there, and I kinda wanted to vomit. The tall grass along the house was pressed down like someone was on their knees. I don't even want to know how long the man was sitting there for the grass to have been pressed down still, but I have a feeling it was pretty long because Banjo sat by that window for a hot minute, and the flashlight is the only thing that woke me up. I'm glad I saw the grass, though, because it felt like such a fever dream. Sometimes I still wonder if it happened, but I know it did. My theory is that some squatter in those unfinished houses was either bored or on something and decided to go on an adventure. But yeah, I would have absolutely gotten my shit rocked in a horror movie at that age. On my first and only backcountry hike, me and two much more experienced friends set up camp at 9,000 feet in the southern Sierra Nevada. The first day we saw a black bear cub wandering around the other side of a small lake, which was a little tense, but we didn't see any other bears the rest of the hike. That night, we all ate and then crashed early, but I'm a light sleeper and the altitude was messing with me. As I'm trying to read with my headlamp, I start to hear some low moaning sounds. It sounded like the groaning movie sound effects when a huge storm is brewing close to a ship as the winds whipped up. After a few minutes, I called out from my tent to my two friends. What the F is that? Not completely sure it wasn't a bear. They both immediately acknowledge they are alarmed as well. We all open our tent flaps and just watch as the winds get stronger and stronger. The trees at our altitude were sparse but there were a few huge ones circling our site. The ground we were on was mostly settled granite slag and boulders, 
and we were 1,000 feet from the top of a very long and very narrow canyon. Probably a half mile wide, there's probably a better geographic term for it. There were five of these canyons, all descending from a 10,000 foot peak. This sound increased until the wind picked up enough to tell us it was a huge storm of some kind. No clouds, no rain, just torrential winds. The wind at our ground level was not extreme, but the sound of what was going on above us was insane. Every now and then a blast of wind would shudder through our campsite, but the tops of the trees above us were swaying so severely that the trunks were moaning as loud as a car going by. Debris was falling all around us, big enough to render us all silent, even though we could hear each other, because there was nothing we could do. I will never forget that sound. It almost sounded like a huge steel tanker crashing against rocks, with a low growl and a high-pitched squeal. With every growl came a huge gust of wind that plunged down the rocky slope in a vortex that passed maybe a hundred feet over our heads. I'll never forget watching those treetops bend to a frightening angle, and then the residual blast of air that hit a few seconds later. This is a story from my mother and younger sister, who I will refer to as S in this post. It happened in Brooklyn, New York in the late 90s. I was in the second or third grade, S was around four years old. We had a back porch overlooking a small fenced yard and lawn. We'd get the occasional regular-sized praying mantis. According to S, one day she was playing in the yard while my mom was hanging laundry up on the back porch. Apparently, this thing just suddenly materialized right there in the middle of the yard. Because it says she turned around and there it was. She just stared at it for a few moments, not sure if it was a toy or what. She said it looked like a two and a half to three foot long, praying mantis with big red eyes and tiny black pin pricks for pupils. When the fear finally hit her, S ran up the stairs shouting for mom. All she could express at the time was that it was a big bug. My mom barely reacted off because kids get scared by normal bugs all the time. Well, the damn thing followed us up the stairs. For so long, I've imagined what that must have looked like. This convinced my mom to go inside with her. That's when mom finally saw it. While she and S were watching it from inside through the mesh door, the praying mantis perched itself in one of the chairs on the porch. Not like on the top of the back cushion or on the armrest or something just in the chair proper. When my mom went looking for a camera, all at once it just disappeared. I asked if it flew away, but neither of them have an answer. It was gone as instantly as it showed up. When my dad brought me home from school around a half hour later, they were still hiding behind the mesh door looking terrified. I never got this full version of the story till Les was older. For years, she would become hysterical if she ever saw a praying mantis or even the image of one. I wonder about what this thing could have been or why it only showed itself to Mom and S. I do know, however, that as I got older, I found that my mother was a very abusive woman and S, I believe, suffered the most because of it. Makes me wonder if one of the people I've told this story to is right about it being a demon. Or at least a bad omen. About seven years ago, camping with my future wife by a small lake a few lakes over into Crown Land. Government-owned, 
but not parkland in Canada near my family cottage. We'd cleared a bit of brush right on the shore of the lake for our tent, set up camp, ate, hung our food, and went into the tent to sleep. Middle of the night I wake up to the sound of something huge moving through the bush nearby. It got closer and closer and sped up a bit, crashed through some brush probably no more than four or five feet from the tent and kept going. Eventually close to daybreak we did get back to sleep and in the morning we found a trail of trampled bush and unknown scat not far from where we were sleeping. I go camping quite a lot, and by camping I mean in the middle of nowhere. This one time I was trying out my new hammock on a five-day backpacking trip near Minden, Ontario. As I lay there one night thinking of the next day, this weird banging noise like if someone was hitting a stick on the tree startled me. It sounded like it was maybe 10 feet from me, but I couldn't see anything and with my hammock I can see pretty much everything around me. The moon was so bright that if anything was around I could easily see it. I couldn't so I decided to go to bed. Fast forward an hour later I hear the same thing, except this time it was closer and louder. I decided to investigate. But as soon as I moved the hammock, this thing about eight feet tall emerged from the tree line and slowly walked past my hammock about four feet from me disappearing down a grassy hill on my left. To this day, I don't know what it was, but all I know is that I almost shat my pants. A few years back, I lived in Arizona. I would always travel to Tucson, Mesa, and Flagstaff but spent most of my time living in Goodall, Phoenix. While down near Tucson, really close to San Xavier Reservation, I was wandering in a small town and stayed near the edge of the town so I can take in the view of the Bear Desert during the day. I was much younger than I am right now, so this might have been just my imagination, but I don't think so. My imagination wasn't that visual and messed up. While staring into the night of the desert to take a quick leak and get back on the road, I got done draining the lizard and tried to take in the view of pitch black valley illuminated by passing car lights and the starlit sky. I would look into the desert when a car passed by and would gaze into the distance for a split second. Nothing came up and I didn't think anything would. The Arizona Valley was something I've always been used, that being that, the darkness of the desert was nothing to fear for me. After about the tenth or eleventh car passed, I spotted something in the distance that caught me off guard and at first, I didn't pay any mind to it. I was curious and waited for a car's light to light up some of the distance. Now of course cars didn't illuminate the whole valley, only about 15-20 feet or 20-30 feet. So whatever I saw was pretty damn close, way too close for comfort. I stayed for another car to pass which felt like 5 minutes which was only 10 seconds in reality after the a couple cars passed to light up my vision. Fifteenth car speeds by. Holy ass I think to myself after realizing what I saw wasn't just my mind messing with me. I saw what seemed to be a person walking alone. It would have thrown me off if it was a regular guy wandering in the dark. But what really messed with me was how it walked and looked. The only way to describe his or hers or whatever the effort was, was like a cripple or a mentally handicapped person that has been in a wheelchair all their life trying to walk, stumbling and waddling, dragging their leg ever so often. 
From what little I made out of its facial features made me cringe and shudder, making my stomach drop to my ass. Its face seemed to be male. Its jaw was disfigured, and the face was ghastly skinny and empty. Big eye bags that made its eye sockets look empty, mouth wide open that also looked hollow. Other physical attributes I made out was that it had no cloths, deathly skinny, tall and I mean freakishly tall, and incredibly dirty, probably looked white. From how dirty it was, I would have thought it wasn't even human. After I've seen all I needed to see, I noped the F out of there, hopped back into the car and went on with my night. Wasn't able to sleep that night because I couldn't help get curious or think about it. Not sure what the F it was. Maybe I was straight trippin' that night, but it seemed way too real to be my imagination or random hallucinations. And for the record, there aren't any homeless people just wandering the desert in the dead of night with no cloths on that I've seen or heard of. But please, give me your thoughts and tread on this post if you think it's bullshit. I don't blame you. But I swear it was as real as possible. I grew up in rural southwestern Ontario and our property was flanked by trees, and then it was 100 acres of corn. One summer evening we were playing hide and seek with some friends and family. I was hiding near a pine tree about 50 meters from the road waiting until I could avoid the person who was it. I was the last person and could see everyone else waiting for me on the porch yelling to hurry up so we could start the next round. Suddenly I hear what are clearly footsteps behind me, and I bolt assuming it's my cousin who is, it, trying to tag me. I sprint across the yard and make it to the porch only to realize he is on the opposite side of the house. We suddenly hear or see car lights as it starts up and peels down the road. I have no idea why someone would get out of their car, walk 50 meters through the corn, but I was certainly spooked and assumed they had malicious intent. My parents were all into the supernatural and said it was a ghost, which in retrospect seems like a dumb thing to say to a nine-year-old child, but whoever it was gave me a scare that I still won't forget. I was 41 years old, out hunting in a remote and appropriately named area, when something truly bizarre caught my attention. There on the ground was a dark purple object the size of an 18-wheeler, resembling a bat wing. It had a drawbridge-like door that stood open. Nearby, I spotted three creatures engaged in trying to capture an alligator. These beings wore what seemed like golden crowns, had human-like faces with long hair, and possessed sharp, lion-like teeth. They donned breastplates resembling cast iron. The most astonishing aspect was the presence of four wing-like protrusions and scorpion-like tails on each creature. Initially, the creatures were unaware of my presence. However, when one of them spotted me, I quickly reacted and fired my 12-gauge shotgun. The shot hit one of the creatures in the chest, knocking it down momentarily. But astonishingly, it swiftly got back on its feet and retaliated by firing some sort of implement that dangled from its waist. A beam-like light struck my wrist, leaving behind a scar. Unfortunately, the incident resulted in the loss of most of the functionality in my arm. Undeterred, I fired another shot, prompting the humanoids to rise into the air and retreat back inside their object. The door closed, and the craft took off at an incredible speed. 
From that day forward, I vowed never to hunt in those woods again, forever haunted by the unnerving encounter. I consider myself a very analytical person, not easily swayed by something I see or feel. This is the reason why it took me so long to write this up, and if you read my earlier post, you would understand. This happened in October of 2017. It was right around 5 p.m. I was just doing my daily patrol through a farming community close to my station that was mostly abandoned after sunset due to trespassing, theft, and mischief. After making rounds checking empty buildings and barns with little to no activity, I headed back towards the main road about 500 meters from where I started off at. As I got closer to the paved asphalt of the highway, there were farm fields on each side of me as far as my eye could see. To my immediate right was a large pumpkin field that had mature pumpkins, and although the ones closer to me were ripe, I noticed some green ones on others further in the distance. I slowed down quite a bit when I saw this, so I could take a better look at them just in case there might be someone trying to steal them. Although it was getting dark, it wasn't quite sunset yet. As I got closer, just within the 30 meters of these pumpkins, something caught my attention. It was similar to when you catch movement out of your peripheral, but when you look over, there's nothing there. So naturally, I've been in countless situations in which I've had to defend myself or apprehend someone. I immediately slowed down, put my cruiser in park, reached for my flashlight, and grabbed the pepper spray on the passenger side. As I was reaching for these items, I noticed something very small crawling across this large rock next to the pumpkins. At first glance, it looked like a little misshapen little man. It didn't seem to have any gender or sex, nor did it appear to be an adolescent child due to its size. Before stopping, shifting into reverse, and backing up, the creature apparently sensed me somehow and quickly scampered off behind the pumpkin towards a thicket of trees. The whole thing happened so fast that all I could do was put the car back in drive and proceed back to the station. When I got home, I decided to try and look online for what this might have been. I came across this subreddit. Now, months later, after counseling through an officer assistance program, I feel comfortable being able to talk about it without feeling like I need somebody to watch over me 24-7. It had to have either been a gnome, a troll, or a goblin, as ridiculous as it sounds, made even admitting that they're real.